It's really fun to be here. Reverend Larry is using the book by Pima Chadron this month called Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change. How many of you are reading the book? Some of you are. Well, I really encourage you, if you're not reading the book, to go to the, go to the uh, PCSL website and, and listen to his podcasts of the talks that he did for the last two or three weeks, which sort of give you a, an idea of the concepts that Pima Chodron, who is a Buddhist nun, talks about in this book. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she, she outlines sort of a, a three three-stage commitment on the part of Buddhists who are, are serious um, uh, devotees of, of the Buddhist teaching and how they can impact life in general and their own life and specific, specifically um, by taking sort of, sort of uh, vows of commitment, if you will. And the first one that Larry talked about, the first commitment, is a commitment to do no harm, a commitment to do no harm by our speech or by our actions. <clears throat> and, and he invited all the congregation to look at how you were doing that. How are you doing that so far? If you look at that in your own lives and find out how you were doing with that, it's a very interesting exercise. And the next week he talked, last week he talked about the next commitment, which is compassion, to live your life in a heartfelt way of, of, of living compassionately. So seeing and and. Uh, expressing compassion in the things that are the way that you live your life. And I talked with someone not too long ago who, to me, just exemplified this, an, an activity of compassion. And he was saying that the, the person that he was uh, involved with and his, his significant other at the time, her parents were very ill. And they were on the West Coast and the parents were on the East Coast. And he told her one day, you know, we have to go back and be with your parents because there was no one else to take care of them. And so they went back to wherever it was, Connecticut or somewhere. And, uh, and so she went to work, and he was basically the caregiver for her parents. And as the, the dad was getting very close to his transition, uh, the person that I was speaking to was literally sleeping on the floor each night to be with him. Uh, so that he could be comforted during the time of his of his leaving the planet. Now that's compassion, and there wasn't a thought about about what benefit it was going to bring to him or his own life. He didn't really even know these people, but that's the way compassion works in our life. And so today, the third commitment that <clears throat> that Pima Chodron is talking about is <clears throat> to accept life the way that it is and to accept that life is good. Now, in Science of Mind, which is our basic philosophy, we have the belief that life is good, that God is good. <clears throat> in fact, a lot of the churches, excuse me, <clears throat> a lot of the churches will say, <clears throat> excuse me, um, will say, you know, God is good, and the congregation repeats all the time. So let's try that. God is good. All the time. God is good. All right, it is, absolutely. So anything that is in opposition good to good is what? False. That's absolutely right. It's false. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So let me ask you, how many people here um, have an area of their life that they would like to be a little different? <laughs> Most everybody does. And how many of you do spiritual mind treatment every day? A lot of you do. Good. 
Uh, so if you're not doing spiritual mind treatment and you're consciously not making an intention for your life to be different, how you could make it different, how do you think that's going to happen? Is, you know, Santa come down or something's going to come out of the sky? A miracle's going to happen? Einstein said the problem cannot be solved with the consciousness that created it. And Gandhi said we must become the change we wish to see. So the only way that we can have something out here, a life experience that is different than the one we've been having, is to change what's going on in here. In other words, our consciousness, our beliefs, our thinking has to change in order for what goes on in the external world around us to be effectively changed as well. That's the way that it works. Most people think it works the, the, the opposite way. But so when we're looking at that, we don't necessarily want to focus only on what's wrong or only on what's right. And it's not about blaming other people and being a, a victim of any kind, but it's actually seeing us the way we are. As Linda sang in the song, open my eyes that I may see me. There is a quote from Deepak Chopra that I really like, and he said, you must see through your own mask if you want to take it off. And I think that it's just so beautiful. If, if you, you must see your, through your own mask if you want to take it off. So if you look through your own mask at yourself, and you see beauty there, you see joy there, you see love there, and it's not evident in the outer world that you live in, then you must take off the mask that is keeping that beauty, joy, and love from being in the world, being part of your life. I spoke with a man recently he was about 75 years old, and he was telling me that he was, he was so convinced that love was just not for him, that it was going to come maybe someday, but it, a miracle would have to happen because he was kind of getting old there, and, and you know eventually there wasn't going to be any hope for him. And yet at the same time, he made absolutely incredibly beautiful carved wood boxes. I mean, stunningly beautiful. And I said, but, but look at this beauty that you have within you. Love is in you too. And he said, oh, no, 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 I don't believe in any of that stuff. And I said, well, what do you do with these beautiful boxes? Do you sell them? Or these, these bowls, do you sell them? And he said, oh, they're not good enough. And I'm looking at just these stunning boxes. And, and he said, well, if you saw the ones that were really good, you'd see how awful mine were or something like that. And so what that told me was that he couldn't see the beauty that he was creating in his own life, so therefore he couldn't see the worthiness or the love that was within him. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't worthy. So that was never going to happen in his life until he began to change his belief. And I was trying to convince him that he was love and, and he wasn't buying any part of it. He finally just flat out told me, I don't believe any of that nonsense you're speaking about. Okay, well, be lonely for the rest of your life then. So be it. <laughs> That's your choice. 
<clears throat> but that's what happens. We get so blinded by the masks that we wear, hidden behind the beliefs that we have about who we are and what life is about, that we cannot see the forest for the trees. Pima Chodron in her book says, the path to unshakable well-being lies in being completely present and open to all sights and sounds, all thoughts, never withdrawing, never hiding, never needing to jazz them up or tone them down. And don't we sometimes want to speak of ourselves in a, in a, in a tone that's lighter? and maybe a slight embellishment now and then? Or on the opposite extreme, don't we sometimes not talk about ourselves in a way that's loving and kind? Don't we, aren't we very easily to find fault with ourselves and the things that we don't do quite perfectly? Anybody else do those things? We all do those things. So how does this relate to the ever-present good? Well, as we've already established, that life is good. And life is the only thing that exists, therefore, life is good. Life is good. We got that. Okay, <clears throat> so Ernest Holmes, our founder, said, our bodies are like rivers flowing, the flow of life or spirit constantly shifting and changing. Nothing is static. Life is energy. So what you are is constantly changing. Every cell in your body is being replaced all the time. So you're, who you are sitting here today is not the you that was sitting here five years ago. You're a completely different person. Completely different. So change is part of our nature. We evolve through change. So the Buddhist teaching is that all is emptiness. And she talks about that in the book. What we see is a manifestation of emptiness, and it is never fully graspable. Emptiness is not a void where nothing is happening. It is what is happening. You have to think about that a little bit. Emptiness is what's happening, even though the appearance doesn't quite look like emptiness, but it is what's happening. Okay, let's try this. Can you see spirit? You can see the evidence of spirit, but spirit is invisible, right? Spirit's invisible. You can see the evidence of spirit, just like Suki said, as the form all around you. But just like electricity, you cannot see electricity. You can see the evidence of electricity as air or lights or whatever. So can you grasp it all the idea that you are invisible. Just like electricity, just like gravity. All you really are is energy. You are energy moving so quickly that the molecules form your body, making it real. It's challenging to do that, yet it's true. So just as energy is constantly, constantly, constantly moving, so are you. So are you. There is absolutely nothing about you that is certain in any way. Nothing about you that is certain. 
as I said, you're, you're completely different today than you were five years ago or a year ago, even six months ago. Deepak Chopra says, do not accept any thought that might begin with the words, I am. Because when you do that, you limit, you totally limit the concept that you live beyond thought. That who you are is spirit in form. So when you say, I am tired, I am gloomy, I am sick, I am, you know, whatever it is, it can be positive too. I am beautiful. All of it's fleeting. It means nothing. It's not who you are because you are so much more than that. And how do you get to the more than that? By going inward by going inward and touching and connecting with that universal something which is the all good of life. That's how you connect with that something that is the all good of life. Okay, so here we are. Human beings appearing to have all kinds of issues. You know, there's lots of people in here that have lots of issues. We all have issues, it seems like. And we all have changes in our life, not the changes that are just happening in our body, but everywhere in our life changes happening. Now, sometimes we make those changes, and those are the ones we like. <laughs> you know, those are the ones we like. But the, the changes that are challenging for us are the changes when someone else does something and it affects us. A company that we work for decides they're going to downsize, and so they're going to close our office or something. And our spouse or our partner decides that, you know, they want to go someplace else and do something else and be with somebody else. That creates something in our own life. The common denominator in both of those situations is you. And yet at the same time, even knowing, knowing that some of those changes are painful, I know that people in this room today are experiencing unspeakable sadness and pain. I know that's happening. And so that life experience may be what's going on in people's lives today, but it isn't who they are. It isn't their life. It is just an experience. And what happens to experiences? They change. Just like it says in the Bible, this too shall pass. Now, this too shall pass means the things that we don't necessarily like, but it also means the things that we get attached to. Those things pass as well. The greater truth about you comes forward as you realize that you are the wholeness of life and the wholeness encompasses everything. As we said in the beginning, spirit is all. There isn't anything opposite. That's the only thing that exists. And so whenever we think that something's broken or missing, we are not embracing the wholeness that spirit is and the goodness that spirit is as the wholeness. Am I making sense? So say after me, there is nothing broken or missing in me. I am whole right now. I am whole right now. Okay, let's do one more time. There is nothing broken or missing in me. I am whole right now. You are implanted right now with the seed of pure spirit. 
And so every, every bit of uncertainty and change that you might be experiencing in your life is simply an opportunity for you to get a greater and deeper connection to what's missing in your life that prevents you from, from claiming what you just claimed. So when some, something happens, and I know what happens when something happens, is we say, oh my gosh, you know, the gnashing of teeth, you know, the moaning and growing, the resisting to what is going on in our life comes up. We don't like it. We want it to go away. We want it to change. Usually what happens is we want other people to change. We want them, we want the company to, you know, to keep the company open or the office open. We want our spouse to see the light and realize that we're the ones they really love, not, you know, the 20-something down the street. Um, you know, we want other people to make the changes so that we can continue with the way we want life to be because that's the way we think we're going to feel secure. Don't we do that? So it's the resistance to what's going on that makes us unhappy. And Pima Chodron in the book talks about that over and over again. And that's one of the, the basic, basic precepts of the Buddhist teaching is that the more that you resist what's going on in your life, the more unhappy you're going to be. And I'm sure that everybody in this room has experienced that in some way that you've held on to a hurt, held on to an experience, that you relive it over and over and over again. I think I remember in one of Larry early talks when he was talking about this book, that, or one of the early chapters in this book, that an emotion or a feeling that you have, such as anger or sadness, only lasts about 90 seconds. Physi physi physiologically, only lasts about 90 seconds. 90 seconds is just nothing. But how long do we hold on to it and recreate it and recreate it and recreate it again and again and again? So we're the ones that keep ourselves miserable. We're the ones that keep that unhappiness alive in us and like it's, it's happening continuously. <clears throat> when I was um, first introduced to Science of Mind, about six months before that, I went into recovery. That was about 23 years ago. Well, it was just 23 years ago because I just celebrated 23 years. Um, thanks. But what happened about six months later is I was introduced to Science of Mind. And when I came to... So I didn't even want to come here either. I was kicking and screaming all the way. I didn't want to come to this place. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I just didn't want to come. How many people are like that? You, know, you don't want to do things you don't know much about, but you don't investigate them either. But uh, anyway, but all I wanted at the time that I went into recovery, I just wanted the pain to go away. I just wanted to feel a little bit better. I wanted just a little bit better. I knew that I was never going to have a great life. I just knew that was, that was a belief I held. And when I was growing up, there was a saying that we used to tease each other with as kids. So where were you when the brains were passed out behind the door? Well, I used to believe that that was true. I believed that I was behind the door when the brains were passed out because my life was such a holy mess. Well, now I call it holy. At the time, I didn't. Uh, but, um, and I didn't have what Ernest Holmes talks about, embracing it with joy either. Uh, it was a mess. 
I was a mess. And um, I couldn't see any way of it getting any better or anything good happening in my life. Oh, my Lord, what, what, a, what a surprise that happened when my, start, my life's starting to be phenomenal. And how did it get to be phenomenal? Because I came into these doors six months after I went into recovery, and I learned about what was possible. I started, I took what, what was said in Science of Mind seriously. I mean, really seriously, because I really desired to have a life that I saw other people having. I wanted happiness in my, jo- in my life. I wanted joy in my life. I didn't have a clue what joy was. It was just the thing we did at Christmas, you know, joy to the world and all that stuff. But I never experienced it. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted it. And so I threw my, myself into these, this teaching with just a fervor and a passion that I was single-minded. And I thought, well, if I could make my life a little better by doing what they said, then I'm going to do what they said. Maybe it'll get a little better. Well, hello. I mean, my Lord in heaven. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, I was so short-changed myself. I had no idea what was going to happen to my life by applying the principles applying the principles of this teaching into my life. I mean, my life is just a dream life. I mean, it's absolutely a dream life. And if I had written it down on a piece of paper, I would have erased it because I knew it wasn't possible. But I just kept doing it day after day, one day at a time. And there it was. Oh, my gosh. This phenomenal, amazing, wonderful life that I have. So... How about you? Are you ready to accept your life the way that it is? Because you can't move it to any other direction unless you accept where it is. I could not make any changes in my life until I fully admitted my life was a holy mess. That I could not do it differently. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to make my life different. I just didn't know how to do that. And I finally had to accept the fact that I didn't know how to do it, that I was behind the door when the brains were passed out. And so I had to accept that before I could take a step in the next direction. And the next direction was science mind. We can live beautifully with whatever comes. We can stop the resistance and stop the unavoidable struggle. We can move, as Pima Shadron said, from clinging to groundliness, groundlessness. We can really begin to identify with that higher essence of life that is who we truly are. We can do that. And real change, really deep change, requires a couple of things. The first major thing is to give up blame. Give up blame of everyone and everything. You, it's important, it's essential that you have to give up blame. <clears throat> Deepak Chopra says, the goal of spirituality is inclusive. God enfolds the whole creation, which we just talked about, not just the nice parts. If you start out by rejecting this or that, How will you end up accepting it? 
So you must begin to give up blame and to stop focusing on all the things in the world that you do not like, especially the parts of you that you do not like. You begin to focus on the parts of you that are magnificent. You begin to praise yourself and love yourself and compassion for yourself. Compassion for this being that didn't know how to do whatever it is that you choose to do. Have compassion for that being. Have compassion for that child that was in you that learned some of these behaviors when you were a little tiny person and didn't really know what was going on. So get in touch with that. Relate to that. Have compassion for that part of you, that little one. Embrace that little one in love and compassion. And the other thing that we must do is to take responsibility for what moves through your own consciousness, for your own thoughts, how you're thinking, especially about yourself. Begin to embrace and accept the truth about you that is you are magnificent, that you are beautiful, that you are lovable, that you are worthy, that you are whole right now in this moment. That's who you are. That's who you are beneath the mask that you present to the world. And that's who you want to keep affirming over and over and over again. And yes, uncomfortable feelings are going to come up, but they go away. They go away very quickly, and you'll get to that place where, oh, I can't do this, blah, 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 all the other stuff you're going to tell yourself. Just keep practicing this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Or this isn't the truth of me. This is not who I really am. So no matter what it is you say about yourself <clears throat> that, that reaffirms those old beliefs about who you are, just stop yourself and say, this is not who I am. I accept the truth of who I am. I'm a magnificent being. I am the presence of the divine expressing itself magnificently right now. Well, you're willing to do that? To make some changes in your life that are joyful, delightful, beautiful, loving? You all can do that because you have the power of the infinite that's in you. And you can do that right now. So as the, type, the talk title for today is Here It Comes, it's life. And isn't it magnificent? Because all of you are magnificent. And it's expressing itself so beautifully through you in every moment, in every breath you take, in every word you speak, just like Linda was singing about. So would you repeat after me? I am one with the truth of God. I know the truth about myself. I know the truth about everything I do. <clears throat> I know the truth about everyone I meet. I am whole. I am perfect. I am free. I am love. I am love. I am love. I am love. I am love right now. And so it is. So let's go into prayer. 
So breathing in that energy, breathing in that vitality of spirit, breathing in that one life that is the magnificent life of God, moving in through and as everything, everywhere, all the time, no exceptions. There are absolutely no exceptions. The life of God is good. And that life, that life that is good is my life. And every aspect of my being, literally every cell of this physical body temple is infused and embedded and surrounded by that presence of goodness, of love, of peace, of harmony, of joy. That is my identity. And so as I affirm and know and claim this for myself, I absolutely know this truth for each person in this room today the presence of the divine moving through and as each person with such magnificent beauty and grace, ready, willing, able in this moment to jump in with both feet and say, yes, here I am, the magnificence of God in form, and aren't I just grand? And so I accept and claim also for each person here today the willingness to shift in consciousness just, just a little tiny bit to embrace the beauty, embrace the joy, embrace the love, embrace the goodness that lives at the very center of each person's own heart and to make the commitment to look at each life just as it is, just as it is because that perfection lies beneath whatever the surface experience might be, but that perfection that lies beneath is ready, willing, and able to come to the surface with an invitation or an intention to simply say yes, yes, yes to life. And so I breathe into this place, affirming and and accepting life as the goodness, the beauty, the grace, the light, the joy, the love that is in, through, and as everyone all the time. And it is so, so magnificent. And so in gratitude, opening my heart into that place of thanksgiving, I just say thank you, infinite wisdom within, for guiding and directing this day, for guiding and directing this life. And I let it be, and so it is. So, just breathing in the joy of this. Yes. Mm.